2: Thank you all for making it. We're going to be the
0: number one media conglomerate in the world. The key here is act like a happy family. We're the Osbots and I'm daddy fucking Warbucks, okay? I always wanted one of you kids to take over. People would do well to remember there's going to be a new sheriff in town.
2: Here's to us.
0: Hello, and welcome back to Still Watching Succession, an unofficial podcast about the HBO series Succession. I'm Vanity Fair senior writer, Joanna Robinson.
1: And I'm Vanity Fair chief critic, Richard Lawson.
0: Uh, Each week, what we do on this episode is break down the latest uh, installment of Succession going through the highs and lows. Something we've decided to do this season is sort of rank the Roys and their associates. So we will be getting into that in this episode where we will be discussing Season two, episode six, our jesties, and only that, nothing beyond that. Only um,
1: our jesties, no one else's jesties.
0: <laughs> Just us. Uh, before we dive into sort of our ranking, uh, I want to hit on a few quick emails that we got from folks. Um The first one is from Johnny, and Johnny writes in to say, this is sort of in a... This is not about the most recent episode, episode five, but about episode four with the, uh, the sort of gun scare at ATN. And, uh, Johnny writes, um, one element of the Greg-Tom fight was the way Tom struggles with guilt when Greg shows signs of a conscience by asking him to leave and then is instantly relieved when he discovers Greg is blackmailing him and is in reality just as scummy as the rest of the pack. And so something I wanted to ask you about Richard and sort of keep in mind for this episode is who in this family actually has glimmers of morality and when do those glimmers of morality or conscience like surface and when do they submerge you know what I mean
1: yeah I think I think Greg certainly yeah because you know predicated a lot on that episode where he's like, I just didn't want to work for this aspect of the company. Um, he still does want power in a company that that is, you know, owns that news network. So he's still, you know, a compromise, certainly. Um, but I would think, I think that in this episode, our justies, um I feel like you see a little of Kendall's awareness of the contemporary sort of discourse i guess you know where he's just like we have to actually face the scandal in an appropriate way and um while everyone around him is kind of more being a little bit well a lot more cynically strategic so i don't know i think maybe kendall has at least some glimmer of, of uh of principle
0: yeah, I think that's so interesting. We'll we'll talk about it more specifically, but I think it's interesting that, you know, Shiv is brought in as this like the woman on the on the job and it seems like if anyone has an attachment to actual morality in this discussion is Kendall, which is maybe surprising, maybe not,
1: but yeah. Um, yeah. and Shiv being trotted out reminded me of that the the email that was at Lisa Bloom, the attorney sent to Harvey yes. Weinstein, it, where it's like, you know, just because someone is a woman it doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to be, uh, you know, you're sort of uh, on the right side of things, let's say
0: but what's interesting so in in my interview with um J. Smith Cameron who plays the great Jerry last week on the podcast um we were talking about the fact that her character was originally written as a man Jerry with a Y so Jerry with an I um, and then when she read they you know the, the show writers realized that oftentimes powerful men um in business or in politics have a right hand woman like a fixer, fixer sort of to help them out thing. and not that Jerry is as scummy as like some of them but Lisa Bloom is one of the people that came up sort of like Lisa Bloom as this shield for Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's an interesting conversation to have around Shiv in this episode. Uh, we got another email from Ali who brought up the idea. I don't know if we talked about this as a possibility for like what is going on with Roman and Jerry and Roman's um, sexual proclivities, but she floats the idea of an edible complex, Mm -hmm. um, which I don't know that we specifically named, but I think that's a really credible idea. Um, we've met their mother played by the great Harriet Walter. She's a very cold and withholding person, Jerry, who is not like exactly a maternal, but is at least warmer, um, you know, and, and seems to, you know, we've seen some slight maternal behavior from her. Like there's a scene where she's buttoning Roman's shirt for him and stuff like that, you know, like that, that is something that he is, uh, compelled by in her. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then the last, uh, email we got, I, I, I don't think that you and I, um, have had a chance to correct this, but I think in an earlier discussion we had mentioned had, we had wondered had we ever met Mo before, who was Mo? Uh, turns out Mo is actually named Lester, and that we did get introduced to the scumminess of Lester in season one when Tom took over, um, and shredded all those documents around cruises. So the the mis like the bad deeds that happen associated with cruises center on this figure of Lester, and that starts to come to a head. In this episode. So yeah. that's, a, that's a correction from us.
1: And Lester is conveniently dead. <laughs> yes. now, now, you know, he he got away scot-free because he's, you know, he's dead now.
0: So somebody else has to take the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So that is where we are. So we are going to start uh, with our uh, countdown of Roy's and associates, starting with uh, the person on the bottom. Because, oh, no, we we like to start on top. Because it's, it's fun to think about who is mm-hmm. coming out the worst in the episode. So starting on top is Nan Pierce, the Great Cherry Jones. Uh this is her second episode. Uh she comes she comes in with some great, she says horse potatoes at one point, and also uh, what good good riddance to bad rubbish. Like I love her, like fussy old um old worldisms or whatever. Um, but she comes in. They're trying to pressure her to sign. She's wants to take her time a little bit. She gets on the call with the cousins, finds out that Raya is working both sides of this deal fires Rhea and, uh, and walks out of there, wipes her hands clean of, of the Roy. So I don't know if this is the end of the Pierce deal necessarily, but Nan, uh, emerges a bit on top here. What, what do you think about Nan in this episode?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, we, we were talking about who has morals and I think that the, um, the roys are so confounded by someone like nan and her family who for you know they they um, as we saw in the episode that's at their their country home they have their own kind of you know petty ridiculous things but like they do at the very least have the quality of their product to stand behind and be like we have a principle we have a line that we're not going to cross and i think that nan being able to throw that in these scheming people's faces and they're just so confounded by that you know i think that she definitely comes out the sort of moral victor certainly um I don't think that my guess is that this is, like you said, isn't, isn't a done deal yet. I mean, or a done, undone deal, but like, um, (laughs) you know, I, I, I think that she wins the week just because she got to spit the Roy's kind of ethic back in their faces or lack of it. Yeah.
0: Right. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, the, I kind of want this to be a done deal because I don't want, uh, the Pierces associated with the Roys anymore, but on the other hand, I want more Cherry Jones, so I feel mm-hmm. very sort of split about that. Um, uh, coming in right below Nan, though, is Shiv Roy. Uh, Shiv had a very bad time last week. Um, at Turnhaven, uh, and it turns out that the company really needs her in this scenario because of her gender. So she gets, you know, called up after first being shut out of this uh conference and comes in and I think does a great job, but also ticks off her dad at the same time in the end. So um Shiv was a Shiv with a question mark here at the top. What 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 do you why do you think Shiv belongs here at the top of the heap.
1: Well, it's a tenuous number two, but like I think it's part, because she got brought in for this little secret meeting with Rhea, um, you see Nan during the, the panel that, that Shiv does with her brothers, smiling at her. Like there's something about her that is still palatable to people. And I think the company, the, 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 the top brass at Waystar turning toward her and recognizing that they are so sullied and covered in the muck of all that they've done. And Shiv has avoided that, that that puts her in a really you know, position of power as they try to navigate a new, more, uh, you know, so socially justice aware era. Um, and, and, and Shiv is by no means, uh, you know, an angel. Uh, but, um, she, she isn't quite as marked up and dinged and dented as these other men are.
0: Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting to watch Shiv in this episode. We talked a little bit about Shiv's look this season, right? She's got this, like, sleek bob. She's wearing this series of, like, statement trousers and stuff like that. And um actually, one of our colleagues pointed out that she felt like Shiv was really um dressing for the job she wants. Mm-hmm. And, and we've been thinking a lot about what Shiv wants. But what I found interesting in this episode, she's in this private meeting with Rhea and Rhea says, this, she says, uh, it's all gravy. And then Shiv uses that phrase, um, in the conversation with her father that follows. She goes, you know, use me or not, it's all gravy, baby. Like, I don't care. Um, and I just thought it was fascinating to watch Shiv try on another successful businesswoman's, uh, phrasing.
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This
0: idea of like, can I pull this off? Yeah, I can pull this off too. I can, I can do a Rhea. Like, and, and it works for her. So I, I just found that fascinating
1: yeah and i think she's high on her list also because she starts the episode down in the dumps you know she wasn't invited to this convention which i guess is supposed to, is like kind of weird um, amalgamation of davos and like the aspen ideas festival um yeah. you know these very exclusive richie uh kind of retreat things um so yeah she starts it you're like oh she's on the outs and then just over the course of one episode her value to the company is so plainly stated um and yeah i think that her look and her 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 trying on these new affectations uh is certainly a part of that but also and you know from from our view out here in in our world not the world of succession um there there is a tinge of the ivanka in there too which is not a good position and we'll see how ivanka fares once trump is out of office hopefully soon um you know, because I, you know, I, my cynical sense says, well, she'll just, she and Jared and all the other monsters are going to be welcomed back into New York society, but maybe not. You know, maybe it's too much of a blemish, you know, a sort of, there are too many terrible faux pas that, um, you know, Ivanka and her family have, have committed. And I don't mean to reduce these bad things to faux pas, but you know, in terms of a societal outlook, uh, in New York. Um, you know, so I don't know. Shiv, like, I feel like Shiv's power is always so tenuous because, the company is old and atavistic and there there's dinosaur thinking as she says. Mm -hmm. And while that might be on the outs in the long term, in the short term, it's still going to rear its head. It's still going to assert dominance. And Shiv is absolutely uh, someone who comes under that thumb, you know?
0: Yeah. And one big um, theme of this episode, exactly what you're talking about is like, what will (laughs) what's, what's a, a taint so bad that it sticks to you? Mm -hmm. What punches through is something that they say when they're reading this New York magazine piece. And I have a feeling that like at least, you know, thus far, Shiv can come out the other side of this clean but you know the, we're, we've only just begun so we'll we'll see
1: yeah you um, mentioned the new york magazine piece and i just you know a credit to this show's incredible like really great production designers you know getting the intelligence or like they it just and the headlines were were the headline and, the, and the subhead were perfect yeah. they yeah. just really really get you know the specific the specificity of these things um you know like an article like that or even just how this convention this conference is is sort of set up and and the airbus you know community retreat walk or whatever like all this stuff it's just so on the nose um and yeah i really i really appreciate that it just makes the show that much richer
0: yeah i want to talk to the person who did the graphic for the top of this fake uh new york magazine piece on uh the cruises because it's like a it's a cruise ship uh, that says, Waystar Royco on the side, headed towards an iceberg. It's like this great design. The headline is, Lost at Sea at Waystar Royko, Royco a culture of abuse and cover-ups. And then the subhead is, What lies beneath unexplained deaths, uh, sexual exploitation and cover-ups at Waystar cruises. Um, it's, it's like perfect. I agree. And mm-hmm. like, the, Kendall sitting there, re- just refreshing his phone at the table was just this, like, I, I don't know. We've talked before about, um, the attention to detail in 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 like the the internet startup episode but this is once again it's just like from all angles they make sure they know exactly um the world that they're working in yeah i've never been to davos but like
1: oh you should go it's fabulous (laughs) honey oh darling it's the best
0: but like the aspen ideas like this idea of like who's got the puffiest vest and the and the best hiking shoes like it's just there's so much good spoofing in this episode it's so
1: good I absolutely loved I'm recording this from the Toronto Film Festival I was just at Venice Film Festival I love Nan's fussiness over the badge yes because I had you you go to these things too where you uh-huh. have to wear a badge and I I'm the kind of like Nan stickler where like the minute I leave my last screening for the day that thing comes off and goes in my bag I would never be caught dead wearing one at a party you know plenty of people do it. It's fine i'm not you know but like it's just like again another funny detail and i love that this season more so than the last in my memory anyway each episode is like here's a different facet of this culture we're gonna yeah. go to the country home we're gonna go to this we're gonna go to that you know and i just think it's so fun watching this show explore uh, all of these things and doing it so credibly and with both you know sort of sober clarity but also a, a tweak of satire like i think it's perfect
0: I was going to ask you um, exactly that. I had a, a note to ask you what you think about the season being, yeah, each episode being centered around an event or a location um, and often named for that location. And I think that's a really, really clever. And um, because it, there's the thing about the show, we had, a, we had a piece um, up a few weeks ago on VF.com about sort of this uh, popularity of hate watching the rich, Um, and, and what that's about and, and this is part and parcel of it, you know, cause like the Roys, we can hate them, we can feel for them and feel weird about feeling for them, like all of that can exist. But then we can also just like blanket hate a lot of the other people who are around them at these events, right? (laughs) We can just sort of be like the, like the, um what is it? The Airbus leadership hike or whatever it is, you know, like it's just, it's, it's disgusting and fantastic. And I, and I really
1: love it. And I think that, you know, it's not succession is not the real world. It's not a reality show, but it's close enough to the real thing. uh, At least my understanding of the real thing that like, there is a sort of instructive value there that, you know, knowing about what this stuff is and, and really, I guess in a way, understanding, How the gears of power move and how these masters of the universe, um, operate amongst each other and what's, you know, and, 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 and how, how, you know, incredibly omnipotent they are to some extent, but how petty they are. I don't know. I, I think that the show in itself finds its moral footing, uh, even if the characters don't.
0: And there's also, and this is, I don't think this is like throwing our own brand under the bus, but it also does something that I think VF has done for decades, which is like, invites the curious into this world of you know uh, high 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 stakes high high money you know like i i've always wondered what it's like inside of these these certain things and it'll you know yes this is a fictionalized version but once you see it you can kind of be like oh yeah i can see you know uh this rich young man from Azerbaijan just like gives you a nod and then you go into the bathroom do coke with him
1: talk about uh, fucking like rigging the news <laughs> in favor yeah. of baku oil money you know it's just like yeah that re- that is real i mean i'm not going to name publications but like there are prominent publications that take money either from governments or from big companies oil companies pharma companies to run sort of sponsored content and it's always a, you know couched as like no no no, it's it's totally like we're not we're not biased we're just for we're just funding good journalism and uh the reality is something a little di- different than that you know
0: I will say, okay, I will name names and, and maybe I'll get legal to check if it's okay that I do, but like, um, I just found this out about Politico. Like, I didn't know this, but Politico will have under their articles, like, by the byline, it says, like, sponsored by certain companies. And oftentimes those companies are in complete, you know, um, they're too close to the content that political is covering yeah. that you're like, how can this possibly be? How can you possibly be operating with any kind of clarity around this? You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's it's fascinating. All right. So so that's Shiv. She comes in to sort of try to help them with this. She sits on the panel. She spots Tom sort of flirting with this other woman and, um, you know, she pissed she pisses off. Her dad maybe makes a miscalculation with that phrasing, the dinosaur hunt phrasing, but I think Tom is right when he says you shimmered on that panel, like mm-hmm. she really did. Um, so that's Shiv. And then we're going to hop one point down the list to Jerry, another woman on top, three women on top this week. Um, Jerry, who has a way. This is, this is the thing I want us to keep an eye on for Jerry, which is the way in which she craftily dodges scenarios, smoothly dodges scenarios. She doesn't want to be in something that Jay Smith Cameron said to me last week is like, basically, you know, if you're a Jerry, you don't survive this long in the company without figuring out how to like dodge and weave um, yeah. sticky situations. And so, you know, we can get to this whole like Jerry Roman scenario in this episode, but the, the part that I was most impressed by is when they were floating the idea that there should be a woman on that panel uh, this new character played by Fisher Stevens, Hugo turns to Jerry and goes, Jerry, and she goes, Oh no, not legal counsel. That sends the wrong message. Shiv, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, <laughs> just mm-hmm, like deflect, mm-hmm. but like, so like you agree with her. You're like, Oh yeah, that's right. But she does it so quickly. And then over to you, Shiv. And then Jerry never has to sit up there with the spotlight on her. And I think that that is just one of the many things that she does so well.
1: Yeah. I mean, she kind of, Almost pretends that she's Swiss and even though, you know, she's not and she has her own motivations. And I think that Roman coming to her with this proposition that they, you know, sort of team up and, and kind of ride the wave, uh, together is interesting in that it reminds us that, you know, in that first episode of this season, like Jerry is sort of semi formally named as the successor with the understanding that that's not actually going to happen. And Jerry says as much in this episode, but the fact remains. That she is still in that position and that these, these Roman, ki- these, um, Roy kids who get, ca- cannot control their impulses, even Shiv, you know, that they, they might, you know, if they kind of screw themselves up, if they, you know, hoist themselves on their own pitards, uh, then Jerry remains the constant there, the, the one that everyone trusts, the one that everyone turns to, you know, um, you know, she may be a mole woman, but there's power in that.
0: yeah so we've got this this uh roman and jerry like the the continuation of their of their dynamic you know it's not it's not sexually explicit in this episode but this idea that she's advocating for him which she does right like um Mm -hmm. they want tom to work this new guy edward for money and she's like no roman let's let's do roman instead um so she's advocating for him and then he suggests an alliance to her uh and jay smith said a similar thing to me last week where she was just basically like a thing, Jerry doesn't know what to make about the sexual component of this dynamic with Roman, but she does see an opportunity for an alliance and a stronger position together sort of thing. Um, but Jerry's not fully hitching her wagon to Roman because when she has this closed door conversation with her, him in her room, she still doesn't know about the, the New York Magazine piece and she doesn't tell him. She's like, "Oh, you still don't know?" Oh, that's crazy. And she knows and she won't tell him. And mm-hmm. that's interesting cuz she's like, "I'm still playing my cards where I need to play my cards." So, Yeah.
1: Yeah. During, yeah she's, Anton. she's a good player. She's a good she, player.
0: She's the greatest. All right. So, then we've got Tom, Tom surprisingly high except uh, <laughs>
1: despite
0: the we we here for you uh <laughs> that
1: scene on the bridge with greg where he just like slowly freaked like like his freak out just builds and builds and builds yeah. is so good it's um, so good, and everyone should throw their alexas in the bathtub and yes. or the garbage or whatever like just bad bad, alexas
0: bad are they- here alexa it's here for you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah go ahead
1: but but yeah we put tom um this high for a sort of a silly reason in that like there is power in shiv getting what i think is genuinely jealous
0: yeah. And what's interesting about what Shiv says um, in that moment is she says uh, she has a face like this woman that Tom is hoarding mm-hmm. with is not like a random cocktail waitress or what have you um, that Shiv would be fine with. It's like someone she knows and might encounter socially. And so this concept of like who has a face, who doesn't, which I think comes up again um, when they're discussing this article. What's the protein here? I mean, uh, we'll talk about, like, the next person on their list is Kendall. Uh, and, and so that's a good opportunity, I think, for us to talk more specifically about this article. Obviously, this article, uh, recalls a number of other media storms that you and I have lived through together during our time at VF, Richard, which is like the Cosby or the Weinstein or Kevin Spacey or, or, or whatever it is. And what's interesting about all those cases, um, and even Epstein more recently, and what's interesting about all those cases is, like, there were earlier articles <laughs> about yeah. these people. Yeah. It just wasn't a damn break in the way that we saw when they were eventually somewhat toppled. And even with, like, some folks, it's still a question mark of whether or not they're – you know, like Brian Singer – did that punch through? Did the Brian Singer of everything punch through? So this question of like, you might have one person on the record. It might be a whispered around about thing about Lester, but do you have a Gwyneth Paltrow? Do you have, you know, do you have an Ashley Judd? Do you have who you need enough people on the record, the protein of the article to punch through? Do these women have faces? This is the concept that Shiv is talking about. She has a face, whereas... Someone else random, Tom, you can screw her. It doesn't matter. And so Lester can, you know, it, you know, take advantage of these dancers on a cruise ship because they're not women with faces and they don't matter. And that's, uh, you know, just, just showing the way that Shiv has absorbed that Roy mentality, even mm-hmm. if she's considered quote unquote one of the good ones. So.
1: Yeah. I think also, I don't remember if it's Shiv or someone else, but at one point they refer to, I think it's that woman, Mia, as a, a real person. Yeah. And the implication there being that like most people aren't real because they don't count, they don't matter, you know, which is a really chilling. Thing, uh, to consider that a lot of powerful people probably do think exactly that way. Um, and, you know, that's, that, that's pretty dehumanizing for, like, most of us. (laughs) Um, you know, and I also think that the way that this, that, that, that wonderful scene where they're all parsing the article and being like, okay, like, what's actually the damage here is a really neat summation of how we, you know, in a broader sense, culturally process these things and, and, uh, and, and find you know, deem one thing a bombshell, the other sort of a eh, you know, and, and in, in that, there is a certain assessing of. Almost entertainment value, you know, like like oh this this wasn't juicy enough, so like right. let's dismiss its claims, kind of or forget them, and the news cycle will just kind of move on a little bit quicker than it would have, you know, like the the the, the news cycle slowed down, you know, it was a hurricane planting itself on the coast when when Weinstein happened, but then subsequent things happened with like the the Atlantic's Brian Singer piece that Esquire had spiked, and then Atlantic took it, like stuff like that, where that just that that just kind of blew through the discourse really quickly, and yes. I think that that this show and that. Scene Really illustrates that in a very sharp way.
0: And it's something that, you know, once again, it, it, from an outside angle, uh, see, I don't, I don't know what it's like to be a person who has been written about in this way, thankfully, knock on wood, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But we know as members of the media what it's like when, when something like, let's say, the Brian Singer Atlantic piece breaks. And then it's our job um, to pour through that and be like, okay, what do they really have? You know, uh, which is what they're doing here as well. It it just reminded me of the work that we do sometimes when we're like, if we're going to re aggregate this, if we're going to report this, if we're going to like have an opinion on this, what do they have that we can hold up as fact? And what do they have that is conjecture? And what do they have, you know, like um, that singer piece? should have punched through in a way Mm -hmm. that it didn't. And it really bothers me that it didn't, but like, it's not that they didn't have enough. It's that, uh, you know, and we've talked about this too. It's who they had, which is, you know, young gay men, which is different once again, from having like a Gwyneth Paltrow. And so it's, it's awful that who the victim is matters, but, uh, we have proof that that is true in our own culture. So, uh, depressing uh but true and and i just thought it was a really that scene is just really incredible because it reminds me of conversations that we've had not not from completely the same self-interested sort of point of view but needing to take off our emotional reaction to a story and be like okay critically from a media point of view what do we have here
1: well yeah and i think that right now because of the internet obviously but also just the times that kind of where we find ourselves in uh there is a certain healthy amount of digestive selection that we have to make you know we right. can't we just our brains cannot process all of this stuff at the same level you know everything cannot be sort of received um with the same amount of intensity um which is you know i think a a practical reality but it's also a shame because it means that certain things don't get paid attention to. Would a story about corruption or bribery or sexual harassment or whatever on the carn- carnival cruise lines do well on the internet right now? I don't know. Maybe, but it would depend on, you know, who the players were and everything. So
0: and how like honestly, how salacious the details.
1: Exactly. Honestly. Yeah. I and mean, that's, that's yeah.
0: depressing.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I think Kendall, we're on Kendall here for RMK. I think Kendall sarcastically calls it victim math, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's both depressing and very accurate. And then I do want to call out one other thing that Shiv says in that conversation. She says, we know it's not okay. We're preparing a corporate statement, right? So she's yeah. not talking about emotional morality. She's talking about like, we know, we know some sort of handling needs to happen. So. Um, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, uh, creeped out by Shiv in this episode, to be honest with you. All right. So then next on the list, we've got Roman, uh, towards, towards the bottom of the ranking. He, he has a good, uh, conversation with Jerry, good opening salvo with this character. Um, Edward, Edward, we should point out, um, like I said, two, two new characters in this episode, right? This Hugo character played by the great Fisher Stevens, Oscar winner, uh, Fisher, (laughs) Fisher Stevens. Um, and then Edward, played by uh, Babak Tafti, is the actor. And, um, he is this extremely wealthy, uh, son of Azerbaijan, <laughs> basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, something I do love that the show does is these, you know, the Roys are very white. The Pierces are very white. But there's a number of characters on these shows, like Stewie or like Lawrence Yi. They're like, hey, the uber rich and these uber players are not all white people. Let's mm-hmm. just be real about the fact. And so I feel like there's an effort to be like, hey, there's like there is oh, room for diversity in these power players and in, in this show. And stuff Yeah.
1: Like that. Well, That's as that. Greg says, I'm a big fan of your money, you know, <laughs> uh, as long as there's a lot of money. It, yeah. Um, exactly. But yeah, I think, you know, Roman there's uh, I think he's toward the bottom because, you know, he sort of didn't really contribute much in that panel. You know, Jerry didn't quite give him what he wanted. Um, and then obviously Logan backhands him and knocks out a tooth. And I really found interesting in that scene, uh Kendall's immediate Kendall, step that's... in and be like, no, don't do that. Which made me think, has this been a thing all of, all of Roman's life? And Roman tends to be the person who, logan most vociferously like points like his most immediate anger at you know um he's sort of the whipping boy um and probably because he's the sort of you know he he speaks out of turn the most and whatever but um you know it was just that that was an interesting sort of quick moment that suggested a whole deep family dynamic um in a really efficient way
0: yeah, and this emerges in the season one episode when they're in the sex club, Roman is like talking to Kendall about the fact that like, he they used to put him in a cage and make yeah. dog food and stuff like that. So like, this idea of Roman and his abuse. And yeah, I completely agree with you. This moment has a lot of power to me. When Kendall steps in says no, like a dog has just like shit on the carpet or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, no, you don't do that. Like, this is this. Yeah, definitely. He's done this before. Absolutely. And it's a moment where Shiv and Kendall are willing to be there for for Roman in a way that, like, Kendall earlier wouldn't even tell Roman if he was wearing a jacket for the panel because he's, like, you know, advantage and stuff like that. But then right. here's a, cir- a quick circling of the wagon that Roman then rejects, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. It's just a tooth. I'll get another one. And it's another moment similar to, like, Shiv and Kendall's hug earlier this season where, like, you can see the potential for a sibling alliance, and then it just falls apart you know, they push each other away because they can't come together in this way. So
1: uh, speaking of things falling apart, uh, mm-hmm. our final two are, are pretty int- intricately linked. Yeah. Uh, we have Ray, Re- is next, right? Yes. Uh, so yeah, you know, for all of Holly Hunter's calm, cool smarts, um, she, she, <laughs> Raya did not see this coming. I don't think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so Nan, Nan rebels the fact that Raya like had these meetings. Raya like tries to deflect. Holly Hunter's like, you know, did you meet with with Logan in these times? Raya's like, oh well, yeah, could possibly we could have blah blah this, uh, and and doesn't make it through this one. You know, she she gets fired. So there you have it. Um, and who knows? I mean, I I hope that's not the last we see of Holly Hunter, but yeah, um same. You know, uh, that is the thing that has happened, and then yeah, and then Logan on the bottom because he lost his. Pure steel and got called a dinosaur by his daughter. Um, and, and got made and, fun of
1: by a comedian
0: and threw up in, in a water yeah, glass. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, I loved so, when, um, what's, uh, what's his wife's name? Darn it. Um,
0: Marsha, Marsha. Uh,
1: I loved when Marsha was like, why, why is this entertaining? We're, we're sitting here being made fun of. Like, yeah. like <laughs> just his complete <laughs> bafflement at like this roast. I thought that was very, very funny. Um, but yeah, also like, I, I know that they kind of stressed in the episode that there's no press at this event. Um, but like, Logan Roy screaming at a car that's driving away from him, you know, about like we're not done, we're not finished, like that's like pretty bad PR for the whole situation.
0: The other thing that I couldn't help thinking of is when he vomits at the table in public. Um it made me think of of Hillary Clinton kind of like half fainting um you know and i think she was at like a nine eleven
1: 11
0: memorial thing um this idea of like public enfeeblement right like mm-hmm. of a of a figure and and what that means um and i, I like this reminder you know i think it's out al- just altitude right i think mm-hmm. is, is sort of the explanation but this reminder that like in season one logan was like peeing on random office carpets and stuff like that like that's literally something he was doing so this reminder that like of the physical frailty of this, of this towering figure, um, in this episode, I think is interesting. So that is our trip to, um, our justice. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I mean, um, like I'm, I was surprised and excited that Fisher Stevens is here. I don't know. Um, how, how you feel about that?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, this cast, the show is so, is cast so well, um, with so many smart, um, interesting actors uh that yeah i mean it, it it when he showed up i was like oh of course of course fisher stevens is gonna be in this you know <laughs> right. um they're just really calling from a great new yorky kind of acting pool and um i love that
0: um the last thing i want to flag is um uh, what i've been thinking about in terms of shiv and this is just something to keep an eye on um when we were talking last week about women and wanting power shiv saying i really want this like, and watching her behave a- amorally in this episode, when we think of her as like one of the good ones, quote unquote, like what, is this the season that breaks Shiv? If last season was the season that broke Kendall, is this the season that breaks Shiv? I kind of thought she was broken last week, but she's not. So like, what are we watching Shiv hurdle towards? You know? Yeah. I
1: mean, question? I think she's just slowly shedding every sort of moral, uh, you know uh, asset that she had in a, in a sense and um my hunch is that at the end of the season wherever wherever it takes us she will just end up you know down in the pit with everyone else and then it, in a weird way has sort of rid herself of her only leverage which we see her use in this episode
0: yeah so we we will all eyes on on the roys uh, as they move on to whatever the next location is <laughs> Um, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm enjoying this tour of the, of the uber rich and their, and their, the privileged class enjoying their privileges. Um, so until next time, Richard, where can people find you?
1: I'm going to be at the Conde Nast Leadership Sweat Lodge, which I Mm. really encourage you. It's great. Great about wearing my badge. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's going to be fun. And, and while in there, I'll be tweeting at Rylaws and writing for VF.com. Joanna, where, where will you be until next week?
0: Um, I will be looking for people with actual faces because there's so few of them, you know, in the world. So few real people who matter. So I'll be on the lookout for that. Uh, condemning things and moving on. Uh, you can find me at VanityFair.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe wrote this, and we will see you next week.
2: Make sure you're following Dinner SOS wherever you're listening now.